Welcome, apprentices and acolytes, to unlock the knowledge. Today, we're going to be going over the Mandalorian finale and all the goodness. Peak Star Wars, baby. Ready up. Ready up. My destiny. Welcome, apprentices and acolytes to Unlock the Knowledge, the Star Wars podcast heard all around the galaxy. And you know, you're coming into the Dark Temple, visited by Mara Jade, Luke Skywalker, and Kyle Katarn, and so many of the Force sensitives like yourself. Are you ready, fam, to unlock the knowledge? Did you see that finale? My God, man, I, got, I gotta say, I think... I, I overall, right, this season definitely had its highs and lows. I think it's the the weakest Mandalorian season, but this is the weakest uh, Star Wars in like from the from the cream to the crop. Okay, like it's it's still a tier Star Wars, right? Not double S tier, right? I would say like season one was a nine out of ten. Season two was ten out of ten for me. I don't think it's gonna get any better than that. But this season was fantastic. Eight out of ten. It was solid, man. Finale was great. And I'm so conditioned now to be hurt. And what I mean by hurt is like somebody to die, someone to break my heart, someone to betray stuff. You know, they're gonna take away one of my favorite characters. And this season was the Bo-Katan show. It was the Mandalorian show, literally. Like it lived up to the title itself. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't a Mandalorian. It was all Mandalorians. And yes, Bo-Katan absolutely got the entire focus and I love that man now I'm a huge Bo-Katan fan I did not know that now if they want to do something if they want to do spin-offs or they just want to do Mandalorian season 4 and it's more of a cultural thing you know maybe they're gonna go with Ragnar Vizsla you know the son that lost uh, Paz Vizsla's father oh man shout outs to your boy Paz F in the chat baby and maybe they're gonna do more Bo-Katan maybe they're gonna do the Boba Fett huh because we haven't seen anything about the Boba Fett. And I want to know what's going on with the Boba Fett. Because I miss Boba, man. I, I miss Boba. I want to see what's going on with the Boba Fett. Yeah, I, I can't wait to see what's going to happen here. The Armorer, uh, Axe, Wolves, Casca Reeves, you name it, fam. There are so many Mandalorians to talk about. But this season, this finale specifically, was probably one, had some of the most amazing scenes that I've seen in Star Wars television. And some of the most amazing cinematography. They really risked it all with this GoPro stuff. And I'm a huge fan. I'm a huge fan. I literally want to buy a 4K capture card so I can record this stuff on my television, on my LG monitor, recorded in 4K, right? Ultra 4K, whatever, L-E-Q, L-E-D-A-O, whatever the hell it is, L-M-N-O-P-Q-D, whatever. I want it all, baby. And I want to record it, and I want to see it in that juicy goodness with the, oh my god, it's so good! It's so good, the way they do this, you have the Mandalorian shooting up in the sky, looking like the freaking blue angels of Mandalore in the Star Wars galaxy, doing twists and turns, trying to chase Shriek Hawks, and everything else in the freaking encyclopedia of of organisms and creatures and beasts of the beyond of the galaxy, man. And this was no different in the finale where it was literally Imperial commandos and Mandalorians crashing together like it was some crazy dogfight. I'm still I'm still thinking about it in my head, like seeing it for the first time. And Axe Woves, we all thought he was a traitor, and this dude just goes down, straight down, with his light starship. Mm -hmm. 
crashing the Star Destroyer, dude. <laughs> dude, what a legend, man. Making Revenge of the Sith, Anakin Skywalker, and Kenobi look like a joke. That was so awesome, man. Shooting the rocket? He shot He shot his wrist rocket. Watch out for those wrist rockets! He shot the wrist rocket right out of the... Right out of the damn... The captain ship, right? The captain chair. Shoots it into the window and it flies out the window. I've never seen that done before. That was some expanded universe stuff. You only get to read in the books or see in the video games. Uh, and then the dark saber? The dark saber broke? What? You kidding me? I gotta say, man, I was... I was just as or upset or offended and or offended, I guess you could say. And or. Uh, and or offended as, you know, The Last Jedi when they broke Luke Skywalker's uh, lightsaber, Anakin Skywalker. It's, it's a legacy saber, right? It's a, like, it's a legacy saber, all right? We're over that. When I saw that and Kylo Ren and Rey broke that lightsaber and now the dark saber's broken? I just got the dark saber black series, bruh! Why are you breaking this stuff now? Ugh, I'm getting stuff when it's going out of style, man. I need the Bo-Katan helmet now, too. Oh, by the way, Mandalorian unboxing coming to your closest YouTube channel. So get ready for that. It's going to be fun. Yes, man. The Darksaber broke. The Darksaber freaking broke, bro. Fam. Let's go. No, that's a let's know. That's what that is. It's not a let's go. It's a let's know. Damn. And it looked like Bo-Katan like, broke her hand, too. Did you see that? Like He didn't just crush it. Like, he, he didn't just crush the saber, he crushed her hand, too. She's holding her hand. You know, I, I wouldn't have said Mandalorians are stronger together. I would have been like, you broke my hand. <laughs> like, you broke my hand and the Darksaber. But it's good to see the Darksaber destruction, right? Destruction! We saw it. And I think this is a great omen. Because the Darksaber was holding the Mandalorians back. So many of those scrubs... Bow down to the Darksaber more so than someone else, like Satine or Bo-Katan. That's the whole reason why Darth Maul even got in charge of it. Like, what the fuck? What? This guy's not even a Mandalorian. What? What? You know? And then, and then, and then you got the Mandalo more blah, 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 a Mandalorian poser, the enthusiast Moff Gideon, who's the greatest cosplayer of all time, and and like he just he's always wanted to be a Mandalorian. Like he's a Star Wars enthusiast. And he definitely is, the, you know, a Mandalorian fanboy, wearing all his Mandalorian stuff. He's got his cosplay now. He's got his armor hat that he did. He's probably making TikToks in the background. It's probably like, at the real Mandalore or something. <laughs> I swear to God. Like, I swear to God that dude is doing doing something with Mandalore. He's going crazy, man. And then he shows up all in his hydraulics. Did you hear that dude? When he was getting punched at and everything? Like, he had super strength. The Beskar was augmenting his strength. It was insane. I remember Din hit him in his leg and he went and he fall down. And he went to go punch him and he almost he Superman punched. He Superman stopped it. Like it was Super Saiyan 2, Super Saiyan 3 cell games. I swear to god it was insane. That dude was like, "Yes." Uh or what was the, what's the one from the first the uh, I think it's the first Spider-Man like Spider-Man with Tommy Maguire where Spider-Man goes to punch uh, Green Goblin, and Green Goblin holds it, and he's like, IMPRESSIVE! <laughs> and then he hits him back, and he goes to, like, so many people, and then it hits the, uh, the light pole, and then hits the one extra. Like, that's how I felt like that, that shit was going on, man. I've never seen that in Star Wars. That was insane. That was the craziest fight. And everyone is, uh, sliding now. That's the thing. Everyone's been playing Apex Legends. So, Grogu is sliding, Bo-Katan is sliding, Din Djarin is sliding, Casca Reeves sliding off and doing her little quick boost. Maintaining it with her knee rockets, man. Uh, it was sick. Uh, the choreography in a lot of this and the action was really cool. I, uh, I know some people were a little tired of it, but 
I thought it was awesome, man. I didn't see so much of a cluster of it, and and I think they needed that because this did kind of seem like you know the the final arc of this Mandalorian arc that we had been this story, and the sad part of it is because I do have post finale Mandalorian downness right now, and I I feel like it is an ending. Is it an ending forever? Nah, it doesn't seem like that, but it's definitely an ending for now, and. I think it's a good ending, man, and I'm not used to good ending, good endings in Star Wars because I usually feel sad, and I'm, I, I am sad, I'm, I'm sad, but like sad because we lost someone, you know, like Ben Solo or, or something like that, and I, this time, at least Mandalorian and, <laughs> and Grogu are sitting there in their porch on Sunday night just relaxing on Navarro, and they don't have to go to work on Monday, so they're just kind of big chilling, man. God, dude. Uh... It was beautiful, honestly. It really was. I, I'm very glad that they didn't make a cheap trick, like someone coming in at the last second and saving everybody, because I feel like the Mandalorian. Uh, that was honestly my big criticism of the Mandalorian, and I really don't criticize the Mandalorian too much because I kind of think it's perfect. But I always felt like Luke Skywalker shows up, Bo-Katan and Reeves save Baby Yoda. You know, like something was always happening in some form. Um, oh, what was the thing, too? They always did, like, the someone, you know, the, the angle, especially in the first episode, like, you knew that was going to be a theme, especially where uh, Mandalorian finds Grogu for the first time, and, you know, IG-11's all like, no, they specifically said we must terminate the asset, and then it looks and you hear the, it, it pans into Mando and just his helmet, and then you see the red flash, and you don't know what happened. Did he just kill that baby Yoda? No, it turns out Mando had the gun right up to his face and, and, and blew his circuits out. So, uh, it's always been that, that's the kind of screenplay that we've seen in The Mandalorian. And we didn't get any fun, funny business in this. And I loved the last, the previous episode, right? So that was The Spies, because it made all of us kind of figure out, try and figure out, and big brain this stuff, who was the spy? And it turned out to be, the, the spies were The Mandalorians the entire time. That's who it was. It was a biblical reference. And, you know, I thought that was so crazy, because I have not seen so many people stirred up in theories since the sequel trilogy, and who was Snoke, and what's who is Rey, and what is Finn, and is Poe Force sensitive, and I love that. I love when it's innocent, where they're excited, and they're terrified because they don't want bad things to happen. And I'm sitting here thinking about that, and it's that's where Star Wars is at its strength, where the fandom is talking in excitement, not this stupid shit that the, everyone's always fighting about every now and then, and when the, the Kathleen Kennedy, and then the Mandalorian, and the... Yeah, whatever, man. Deal with it. This is it's never leaving, bro. This is what we get, baby. Open your mouth. There you go. Enjoy it. <laughs> I, I love it. I, I love this era of Star Wars. No one can tell me otherwise. No one can convince me. This is the best era of Star Wars. And I hope it doesn't go anytime soon, because I love uh, waiting about these rumors and the announcements. You know, because where does the Mandalorian go next after this? Was it Din Djarin sitting there working for the New Republic? Is it gonna be Grogu being a, a, an apprentice to his father now? Like, they're actually canon? It's an actual true canon father and son relationship? Yes. No, it's probably not. We're, I don't think we're gonna see Mandalorian. I don't think we're gonna see Din Djarin and Din Grogu, you know, mowing the lawn and pulling weeds on their Navarro grass. I don't think that's gonna happen. Um, I do think it's going to take a broader 
view of the galaxy, which is why, uh, you know, Mandalorian Season 3 was more so an introduction to all of Mandalore, the culture of Mandalore, the characters like the Armorer, Paz Vizsla, um, Casca Reeves, Axe, Bo-Katan, of course, and Ragnar. I think that's going to be the future of the Mandalorian. And the greatest thing about Din Djarin is Pedro Pascal hasn't really been on set. It's really been a lot of the body doubles that have been helping him out and moving inside the suit. So now you can kind of bring him around anytime you want. Hey, Pedro, we did this four or five episodes. Can you please do these voice lines for us? Yeah, it's good. It's fine. Good. Yeah, good. And then that's it. There you go. Now Din Djarin can be inside the cameo. But I do think they're going to save him for the movie. It's going to be the movie. I think the movie is going to be the culmination of everything. Are they going to kill Din Djarin? Are they going to kill Goroku, the future of Star Wars? What about the armor and Bo-Katan? No, I, I, I'm not sure if that's going to happen. But I do think that if you're going to kill off a character, you're going to kill them off in a movie than a Disney Plus series. I, I do think I would tread lightly, though. Because I did talk about this in my review for the finale, is when do you kill off a character, right? When is the best time to kill off a character? And I do kind of think the best time to kill off a character is when they're no longer needed. You know, when their story is finished and it's all fleshed out. And as much as I see Din Djarin and Din Grogu now, I don't think that their story is completely fleshed out. I would love to see Din kind of do his own thing, just like he was in the beginning. And, you know, maybe a time, you know, come back to see Bo or come back to see Boba. But I think the focus is really kind of molding the future of the Star Wars franchise, and that's Grogu, you know? Because Grogu has so many paths, and his life is not anywhere near finished. Yoda started his training as a Jedi, as a Jedi around 100 years old, maybe closer to 200. It was definitely around that time. So Grogu, like, it's a blank slate for him. Yeah, he's Force-sensitive, and yeah, his father's a Mandalorian, but that doesn't really mean anything in a life that lasts 800, 900 years old. And you know, Star Wars is Star Wars, so they might even find a reason to flesh that out even more, to a thousand years. Who knows what's gonna happen with Grogu. But uh, the, uh, all the options are on the table for Grogu. I could see him being another Mandalorian Jedi, and I think he should be. I think that would be a beautiful thing to bring these two beliefs, these two religions, into one culmination of uh, Mandalore day, die or something. I don't know. <laughs> I don't really know. That was terrible. But uh, Jedi Lorian. There you go. I think that actually sounds a little bit better. I think it would be sick. I think it would be cool. I think it would be cool and it would honor everybody that he's being with, including his father, including his heritage from his race and the other culture of the Jedi because he is force sensitive. And that's what I like about that is bringing it all together to form one organism, to form one entity, one beautiful view. I don't know. I could be completely talking out of my butt here, but I think that'd be awesome to see because it is a little hard for me to imagine Grogu in some Mandalorian armor. I actually do think it would be really an awesome design if he actually didn't have a helmet. You know, his face is already kind of like the poster of the Star Wars franchise. You see it everywhere in Target and all these other places that literally just put on a sticker so you can buy something of it, whether it's cereal or Snickers and you know, some mug that you just saw that was the same photo on everything that they put. They're just, you know, reusing it because people buy it like myself. So uh, why maybe he has some like Clone Wars-esque armor of Beskar attaching to himself, uh, you know, kind of what similarly what the armorer made for him. And he doesn't have, I doesn't really have the armor right now, but I can see him going back now and I don't know, maybe we're closer to a full-fledged Mandalorian Jedi 
uh, suit for a Grogu than we initially were because now they took back the Great Forge. And now all the resources are there. So it's only a matter of time now before Mandalore becomes what they're supposed to be again. But be wary, tread lightly. You know, this is the beginning of their empire. There is so much potential and they're not in the sequel trilogy. So who or what might stop them from becoming the best that they could possibly be? Now we're gonna see Ahsoka here in a few short months and I think Thrawn's gonna have a say of whether or not the Mandalorians are gonna be able to reclaim their spot in the galaxy. But I can't wait to see, fam. I hope you all enjoyed this finale. I hope you all enjoyed The Mandalorian. I know there was great criticism. And are we really talking about... <laughs> are we really talking about Grogu jumping around and waddling and as a puppet? I mean, he's he's literally a doll. Like, what do you want from this, guys? Is, is it is it gonna be the CGI Yoda that you saw in the prequels that you all hated so much? Or are you just gonna, like, understand? Because this is kind of uncharted territory here with such a baby puppet and walking around and doing so much. I mean, like, he's literally the franchise. So, I just think that people that are complaining about him walking and jumping and doing all these things, like, bro, whatever, man. You know, it's, who cares? I, I, I really don't care. It's a, it's a part of Star Wars. You know, the silliness and the funness, and I've seen so many people get so offended about it, how it's a thing, like, dude, whatever, man. Like, we're literally in a Star Wars, we're, we're literally a franchise that loves you know, family fighting. It's the same story over and over again. You know, it, it doesn't make any sense. The Star Wars logic has never made sense, so just deal with it, all right, man? <laughs> Please, all right? Anyway, I hope you've all enjoyed this podcast. And if you ever want to hear any more Star Wars, you know where to find me. Inside the Dark Temple. Visited by Mara Jade, Luke Skywalker, and Kyle Katarn, and so many of the Force Sensitives like yourself. I am Lord Dagavir, and I'll see you around the next time on Unlock the Knowledge. Deuces, fam.